Welcome to Story Chats at Inspi Romance. I'm Elizabeth Madry, and I'm here with my two co-hosts. I'm Narelle Atkins. And Valerie Comer. Today, we are talking about three of our favorite Christmas books. Um, some of this is because we will not be having an episode on uh, Christmas Eve. We didn't figure most of you probably wanted to tune into Story Chats on Christmas Eve. You probably have better things to be doing with your and time. So and so did we. Yeah, <laughs> and so did we. So there will be no episode next week, um, but we wanted to talk this week about these. Um, we chose three, and there probably were more than three that we could have chosen from, but these are the three we landed on. Uh, Christmas romances that we come back to year after year. Um, that we just really enjoy. So based on that, these are these are somewhat older books um, because we come back to them. So they did not just get released, you know, two months ago, but- um, Or even in the last year. Oh, that's true. They're all- yeah. They're all a little bit older. Yeah, they are. Oldies but goodies. Yeah, and yes. that's exactly what it is, is oldies but goodies. So um, we're going to start with Valerie's pick. And so I'm going to just go, Valerie. <laughs> right. Um, when we started chatting, oh, what was it back in September? We were like, we should do an episode like this. <laughs> and um, it took us, I don't know, 30 seconds, maybe not very long to uh -huh. each come up with a book that we love to reread that all of us were like, yeah, me too. I love that one too. And the one that I came up with in that very quick little conversation was a kind of Kinda Country Christmas. That is hard to say. Krista Phillips, <laughs> who is the author. Um, and so as, as we talked about that, we decided we would all reread all three books in case we weren't planning to this year, but maybe we were anyway. Um, so I dug them out and reread, and I reread this one of Krista's, which kicks off her kind of sort of series which was all a lot of fun. Um, this particular one, Sadie owns a Christmas shop in Gatlinburg and it was left to her by her parents who have passed away. And she's a single mom um, of, uh, of Mari, a girl who's about to head off to college. So not, not your typical single mom story where you've got like a preschooler or something like that or small child. Not a little kid with a no. with a lisp. <laughs> sassy, sassy eighteen year old. Sassy. And she's yeah. young, isn't she? And yeah. Sadie's quite is. young yeah. too. She was very young when she had Mari, and um, and so you know the two of them are all they have left in the world, kind of thing, and the, and this Christmas shop. So um, Sadie, the mom, has just finished decorating the main display tree in her store. And she has poured money into it and spent a lot of time planning it. And these mm -hmm. are very expensive ornaments that are on it. And I tell you that because it's important. <laughs> and then um, Nate wanders inside. And um, he's, she's still supposed to be closed, but she opened up when she saw somebody looking in the window and um, it just seems like it doesn't take very many minutes before suddenly Nate steps into the tree and it falls on him 
and the tree breaks and all the ornaments break or maybe not quite all but pretty much all but a lot of them <laughs> a lot of them so um Krista is good at kind of rom-com so you could do this in a oh that's terrible sort of way or you could do it in Krista's way in which you just sit there and laugh you go oh my word that must have been so funny to see <laughs> anyway it's not funny right this guy's like <laughs> bleeding from these glass ornaments but whatever she does not want to see him again for kind of obvious reasons. He um, offers to pay for everything and she's just like, get out of here. And so he leaves because whatever. But of course, as romance novels would have it, he happens to be the elusive brother of her best friend. And he is a globe-trotting business owner who struck it rich. Um, and he's in town for the holidays. He keeps promising his sister he's going to show up for Christmas one year and he keeps not doing it. So this year he's like, here, hello, I'm here. And her sister, his sister, her friend, decides that um, they need to meet each other. And lo and behold, they've already met. Um, <laughs> so in typical Krista fashion, that, that re-meeting and so forth does not go easily and it does not go well. So why did I come back to this one? Well. Honestly, I don't reread, hardly ever. Um, but when we began talk, talking about this, it was one of the first stories that popped into my mind. It was, other than the ones that Beth and Narelle mentioned, the first one. Um, I love Krista's humor. And um, I've, I've said before, and I think maybe we've talked about it in multiple shows to some extent or another, but not everybody's sense of humor is the same, right? When you find an author that has... Um, your sense of humor, then you should go and read more books by that author. And so if you, if you like my sense of humor, hopefully you'll like Krista's as well. So um, I also honestly like that it was short, doesn't take a lot of time to reread. You can just pop into Gatlinburg, you've got this little sweet and savory story, and then you can pop back out again and just sit back and go, ah, that was lovely. So you guys have reread this, read and reread, right? What did you think? What did you like about it? Agree that the meet cute is fantastic um, with with him, especially because Mary has been harping at her mom about the tree design in the first place, because um, the mom is is not really into the country kitsch um burlap and gingham you know kind of down home Christmas stuff that their store is more sort of known for and so this was finally her year she was completely in charge so she was doing like sleek New York City monochrome and fancy which is why it cost more and and her daughter was just like mom that's not what we do that nobody wants this so then for him to and she's like it, but i want this right yeah to break it was even a bigger slap because she's like you know now i don't even get to see if it would have gone over because he's ruined it um and so she you know she lets the daughter she's like go get the other tree and you can do it fine and then, you know, stuff is already flying off the tree as soon as they open because everybody wants the gingham and the burlap. And, you know, it's just yet another little slap. I love how Krista manages funny with still um, real depth 
and you know, Sadie has this whole crisis of who am I really um, now that I'm in charge of this store and that sort of, you know, this, she has these expectations of who she thinks she's supposed to be versus who she really wants to be and figuring out how to mesh those. And, and Krista tackles it while leaving you laughing, just holding your sides laughing the whole time. Yes. And I think it's so, I mean, one of the things that people will complain about with novellas is that it's not a complete story. I feel like it should have been longer. I didn't get enough Right. from it enough meat whereas Krista's story is short I reread it in one city like you just open it read it it's beautiful I love reading novellas like that and um she gets so much meat into it and also the faith element is just um really well done in this book as well and um I think Christmas and home is often a theme that authors will go to in terms of where where is home where is Christmas and both the characters he doesn't actually really have a home so he's just come back I think from Beijing in the story somewhere in Asia yeah and has and potentially has opportunities to go back to Asia and he might have a I think he has a holiday house maybe in North Carolina something like that that could be home but it's a holiday house and none of us would think of a holiday house as being home but for him that's the closest he has other than where his sister is and she's got her daughter um, about to go off to college and hasn't gone to college yet because of finances and the shop is what's meant to be paying for the um, college tuition and suddenly the Christmas tree just gets broken and it's like all her dreams get smashed with all the glass on the floor. So the metaphors were just very clever in this book. So it's it's a really fun book if you want to read a Christmas book that has a very good message that goes with it Mm -hmm. and has enough meat to um, keep you happy for the length as well. I owe you last. I also really yes. like the fact that Nate is bald and she kind of, yes. makes, you know, a point of it because she, you know, you think of our, our typical hero is not this bald billionaire. I mean, he's maybe not a billionaire, but he's, he's, he's wealthy. Um, and, and he's, but, you know, I just think it was unique because you don't see a lot of bald heroes, but bald men are very handsome. So, um, I mean, can be not, maybe not maybe. All of them, sure. right. <laughs> but unique as well as well oh, you're, you're right about that and seeing like um Sadie fight through this thing like with her uh, parents having left her this store and it was it was their dream it wasn't her dream and yet she feels like she needs to do it for their sake um, and for her daughter's sake because this is how her daughter's going to be able to go to college yeah and for um yeah all of the different layers work together really well and you know what I'm getting this vision of us all back in high school in English class where the teacher goes don't you think it was significant that the curtains were blue and you're like I think they were just blue you know but um so I hope that we haven't tortured um Sadie and Nate too thoroughly in this and the upcoming books that we're going to talk about that we don't dissect them to the point where you might think that they're not fun to read because first and foremost they they're just books that we really enjoyed that I mean again you I don't think you can overstate how funny Krista Phillips is um without being slapstick or trying yeah. too hard you know it's not oh that was supposed to be a joke haha it, it's like you giggle before you realize you know yeah what's I'm not happening 
super fond of people doing the same clumsy thing like 15 times. I'm just like, oh, get over it already. Uh, but I yeah. never feel that with the Krista's humor. Uh, it but, always needs yeah. to be spot on. But it moves beyond situational. So it's not necessarily, yes, the situation with the tree was hilarious. <laughs> and it was like, oh, my goodness, this is just a disaster but it's also then how she responds to that and then the situation she gets into and the way she responds to it and, and it sort of just daughter. keeps rolling it the, yeah. the humor starts as like a little snowball going down the hill and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and you laugh and laugh and laugh as it goes so it's a fabulous hilarious Christmas ride yeah yeah and better yet is that there are several more novellas in the series so you also get eventually her um Nate's sister's story and Sadie's daughter's story and possibly others I don't remember so even though it's novellas there's there's more more going yes. on yes yeah it's not a one and done yeah yeah all right um so the next one is actually my pick and I've mentioned it on the podcast once or twice probably 600 yeah. times <laughs> <laughs> Um, and that is Nowhere for Christmas by Heather Gray. Um, so it's funny, we chose two rom-coms because Heather's book, I also, I just laugh almost from page one to the end um, because it, it is just hilarious. It's, it's the road trip. If you, um, I mean, it's almost a, like a, it's a, a clean version of like National Lampoon's Christmas yeah. Vacation yeah. level of hilarity road trip madness. Now he's going to leave me. Um, so <laughs> yeah, if anything could possibly go wrong. It, it did in the most Five hilarious. Times. Yes, yes. with and, bells on. <laughs> yeah, which is like the worst possible outcome. And um, so it just, it starts out with, um, and I've now forgotten her name completely. The heroine. Anyway, she can. Avery. It's Avery, isn't it? Thank you. Yes. Yeah, I think it is. Yes. <laughs> we'll <laughs> pretend it is. Yeah. Wrong it is color. Avery. Heather. It's Avery and Gavin. I wrote it down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the teenage boy's name? What's Eli. Name? Eli. Eli. Yes. Okay. So Avery, so Avery is... and Gavin and Eli. Okay. Yes. Avery is a single mom to Eli, and he's 14 to 16 in range somewhere in there, teenager. Um, she is a younger single mom. She got pregnant in college. Um, so, but she is a reporter and uh, her column on small towns is going to be syndicated if uh, she goes to the towns that the larger newspaper company wants her to go to. And they have demanded that she visit Nowhere, Oklahoma for Christmas because supposedly it's supposed to be amazing at Christmas. So she's supposed to um, get in a car with her son and a photographer and go to nowhere, Oklahoma from Albuquerque, New Mexico, and um, take some pictures, write a story, get to see it at Christmas and then come back. And um, so they, she was supposed to take Eli skiing but her editor being sneaky and knowing that she would probably use it as an excuse cleared it with Eli first um, because it's supposed to be just like a quick sort of three-day trip and there's plenty of time for skiing on his school break so it all just it in goes theory. wrong 
in theory, yeah, it goes wrong from the very minute um, that they're supposed to start. The rental car is delivered to the newspaper office instead of to her house where it's supposed to be uh, picking her up. And so she's not there. So the rental car company cancels their reservation. Um, and then there's no other rental cars to get except for this one that is literally held together with duct tape. So, and it just goes downhill from there. The photographer is sort of reclusive and, and sullen. Um, plus he drinks like fruit smoothies and she doesn't understand how anybody would get a smoothie at a coffee shop instead of coffee. Um, I like smoothies, they, but I'm kind of with her here. Yeah. <laughs> Let's <have> some coffee. <laughs> it's winter. Yeah, and it's winter. So he's got like this icy cold smoothie and it's cold outside and just, you know, it's, just thing after thing, they're not even out of town yet and things are already going wrong. And it just, it keeps getting worse. Um, Until you think it can't get worse anymore and then it does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, at the same time, I feel like Heather really, again, much like Krista did, she incorporates a really fabulous spiritual theme in the midst of all this laughter. Um which, which I just think takes some skill from both of them to be able to, you know, not feel like, okay, funny time's over. Now it's time for, you know, it's, it's woven in so seamlessly yeah. that it's not yeah. like what just happened. Wait, we, I was just laughing and now suddenly you're preaching at me. That's not what happens at all, you know, yeah. um, which I really, I love. So um, that's, I can stop there. I could go on and on forever. Um, just about this one, but I mean, we don't need to name every single hijinks situation that they get into. Oh, we couldn't, we couldn't no. without reading the whole book out loud, which yeah. I mean, we could yeah. do, we could do that. <laughs> um, but the, the boy, Eli, oh my yeah. word, he is the best. And, and I don't mean that he's a perfect specimen of anything except teenage boy, I guess. Yeah. But he's so funny. He's so he's so good natured, except for when he's not. Yeah. Um, and I think he totally makes it. I, this story would not be a quarter as good or as funny if it was just the reporter and the photographer it's off true. to yeah, nowhere. That's very yeah. true. That kid makes the story. Yes. And I love it, and I loved how, um, and not just this one, but Krista's book, the teenagers parrot back the stuff the mothers say to them as well yes. and turn it on them. And I love it's yes. hilarious the way they, as that they do that. Do. Yes. 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 And all the disasters that just go along with it. But I thought it was also funny at the beginning when they first meet and she's looking at him with this ice cold smoothie, thinking, you're just crazy. And he, she, he's looking at her, thinking, you're meant to be a man like yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right that's right because it's Avery and he yes would not have willingly agreed to go on this car trip with a woman um yep. yes yeah I'd forgotten that but I'd yeah. forgotten that too yeah <laughs> And then the car and then, the, oh, the car's just, um, I used to drive a car that was old, but it was ne wasn't that old. And um, I used no to worry. That old. 
<laughs> I used to go through, I used to go through burn through clutches. I'd always be um, having clutch problems with this car and I'd break down in different places before there were cell phones. I used to be petrified about breaking down. So I went, I went back to all my teenage angst of the first car that I used to worry about breaking down when I'm driving to and from uni across the city and all this kind of stuff. But it's, it's just super fun and it is hilarious. And just when you think it can't get it, you think it can't get any funny and nothing else could possibly go wrong. Yeah. It does go wrong. And because then I just. there yet. Yes, exactly. And the ending is just fabulous. And the way it all gets unpacked, it is just, I would actually, it's kind of, it's probably Christmas books the same. I'd love to see these as movies. I think they'd play out so well on the big screen as well, because there's so much sort of action setting stuff. And you sit there thinking, you sort of got this movie in your head that just keeps getting better and better and better. Yeah. So I really enjoyed No Way for Christmas as well. I think it's fabulous. Yeah. I think it would make a great movie as well. And and it's probably um, apropos to mention that Krista Phillips does have a movie coming out soon-ish. I don't know if we've heard a date for it. She was um, visiting it block. in November, the filming, yeah. The filming's in mm. November. Yeah. So I don't know when it's planned to be released, but um, that was a, a fun book as it's well the, um the yeah. engagement plot which is a the engagement plot. also an amusing book although All i would say are. not as amusing <laughs> as a kind of country christmas but a good different, a good different amusing yes yeah. yeah yeah cool what's yours mine so um i think i'm the reason for this topic so if you hate this episode it's my fault <laughs> And um, it all started, because this whole conversation about doing this episode started because I was talking about how one of the Christmas books that I love rereading is Poles Apart by Marion Newcomen. And, of course, rereading it this year is very special because we lost Marion this year. Um, so I've, I've sat down and did my reread of Poles Apart. And it's, the, it's, one, it's like the ultimate Christmas book. So we've got Sarah who's in South Africa in the heat of summer because in the Southern Hemisphere it's hot, it's Christmas time. Okay. And she's in between houses, so she's staying with her sister and, and family. She's in one of the kids' bedrooms and she's waiting to be able to move into her own place. She's a romance author and has a book deadline and it's she's just got no words. She's got complete writer's block. Yeah. She just In this environment she just cannot write. And she also has a bit of a faith crisis thing going on at the same time. And her sister's trying to get her to go to church. And of course, it's the pastor's son is who her ex is from four years ago and things happen there. And she just really doesn't want to um, get into that debate with her sister. And so she impulsively decides she books flights and accommodation and rental cars to go to Lapland on the other side of the world. Because her her nephew challenged her. He said, why don't you just go visit Santa Claus? Yeah, like, I think I will. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I think I reread this this time, and I think well, I mean, living in the world we live in now, I mean, there's very few places I can actually leave the country to go to from Australia at the moment. The thought of being able to like book flights to go to the other side of the world and just jump on a plane is just like fantasy for me. So (laughs) it it is, it's Christmas fantasy. So that really appeals to me, the idea that you can just jump on a plane and if you've got a British passport, just go to Blackland and off you go. And four flights later, she's there. And so she arrives there and goes to like the the mall or the small sort of shopping centre where Santa is because she needs to say she wants some inspiration from Santa so she can write this book. And, of course, the hero is is um, Santa's son. So it's his dad that normally does the Santa thing, but Nicholas is having 
to fill in. And so this crazy South African woman turns up at the very end of um, his thing. He's got his beautiful golden retriever dogs there and one of them's pregnant about to have puppies. And he's like, who's this woman that won't tell me her name and is asking me all these really weird questions. And it ends up that the cabins that um, he has that she's renting the last one that he had available and so this story is just so fun and it's winter and there's reindeer and there's the sauna and then jumping in the icy cold water Avanto I think it's yeah. called yeah um, instead of having a hot shower that she's used to and the cultural stuff is just amazing and the romance is beautiful and um, obviously there's a a great spiritual thread and what I really liked about the faith element in this book is how it intertwines with the mythology and legend of Santa and even though it's a Santa story um, Marion really kept the focus on Jesus in it as well so it had that great um, strong faith element that didn't bang you over the head if that makes sense but really fitted into the story so I'll always go back and read Poles Apart and it's definitely one of my favorite Marion Newcomer books. I have often said that Poles Apart is the perfect Christmas romance. It has, it just ticks all the boxes for me. Um, it's just, it's just perfect. Yep. Um, I just love it. And I think part of that too is, have, have any of us been to Lapland? Nope. <laughs> Lapland. Yeah, no, not so much. And yet um, Marion visited there and she figured that this was going to go in her book. So she did the Avanto yeah. and sat in the sauna and jumped in the hole in the ice. And I'm just like, I remember her blogging about that. Yeah. I think it yeah. be romance or maybe yeah. I saw her pictures on Facebook and I was just like, woman, you take this research <laughs> thing way further yeah. than I would ever. And, and, um, and she totally did that. And the authenticity just shines out of, out of yeah. the story. Yeah. Yeah. And this one doesn't have a snarky teenager though, right? Uh, it does not. No. And it's not no. Long, but it, it has a pregnant dog. So, and yes. puppies, ultimately, ultimately <laughs> puppies. So, you know, that's a win. Um, yeah. I really also just, all of that that you said. And the fact that the hero, Nicholas, is um, like, he's surprised when he sees that one of his cabins is free. He's like, How, you know, cause it, they're sought after for Christmas at Lapland. Um, and so, you know, he has a very strong connection to his faith. And so he's like, you know, clearly God has a purpose for this. And then when, um, when the booking comes through and he's, he, he pieces together that, um, that this is Sarah who, you know, is clearly searching for something. Um, I, I like the fact that he, you know, he wants to fall in love with her and he wants to feed her Santa facts, but more than that, what he wants for her is to refine Jesus. Um, and the, the true important thing, I really do appreciate when anyone takes a Christmas book that talks about Santa and, and ties it back well to Jesus because, um, because Santa can be so overwhelming sometimes. And it's like really missing the point, (laughs) really missing the point, but Marion, Marion never missed the point. Um, and she certainly didn't miss either. Yeah. And still several funny moments, not full on rom-com, but several very funny moments. 
Yes, the culture clash. Yes. Yeah. We do have two novellas. We have two stories with uh, teenage kids. We have two long trips. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they but they mix and match in different ways. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed this little trip down memory lane um, over the last couple months. I just tucked one of them in here and there in my reading um, in the last couple months and. Um, really helped it helped set the scene for Christmas in my mind and heart yeah and I read Christmas at different times of year as well I'm not just reading Christmas in November and December either so I agree you can read it any three of any any three of these any of these three plus I mean probably any Christmas book would be lovely you know in the the middle of April when you're kind of like you know, and you're ready for some sort of break, something changing, um, or, you know, August when you can't face back to school or whatever's going on, you know, they're, they're all just really, they're, they're just good. They're just super good. Yeah. Well, we did Christmas in July, particularly in the high, in the Alpine areas, because we don't have the white Christmas in Australia. So July is naturally a Christmas time. So people will do Christmas parties in July, if that makes sense. Yeah. Christmas in July here, mostly because it's so hot. Everybody's like, let's, let's read about snow. <laughs> let's, pretend. let's pretend we're not going to melt. <laughs> and so I think it works psychologically. If you read a book that's in a cold climate, you can convince yourself very temporarily that you're not sweating to death. Yeah. <laughs> Moment or two. For sure. sure. <laughs> All right. Do we have final thoughts? really interested to hear if there's any Christmas stories that our readers tend to go back to in the CCR genre. So I hope that they let us know what we should be rereading. Please do. And there are Christmas series as well that you can buy. So I I don't tend to look for Christmas series, to be honest. I don't know. Some people may read Christmas all year round all the time. That's not me. So I'd be interested to hear if anyone has any Christmas series that they particularly like as well. Like it. All right. Um, we're, we're good on time. So since we seem to be out of things to say, we'll just wrap up and remind you again, no, no episode next week, Christmas Eve, enjoy your Christmas Eve without a story chats episode. Um, but we will be back to close out the year. Yes, we will. Yes. We will be back again on uh, New Year's Eve. So, you know, fit us in before you go out to, to count down the new year. Um, <laughs> later on that week, that's fine too. And, you know, you don't have to listen on Friday. But you could. Joining us at Story Chats, um, please do tell us your thoughts. What do you go back to every year or every couple years or in April when you need a break from the rain or whatever it is? <laughs> what are the Christmas stories that you like to read over and over and over again? Um, leave a comment on the YouTube channel or on our Story Chats Facebook page, either one. Find information about the podcast at inspiromance.com slash storychats. And if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe and hit that notification bell. We will not see you next week, but when we return, 
We'll be looking forward to seeing you. And in the meantime, don't forget to fall in love with a good book. Bye, everybody. Bye and Merry Christmas. Yes. Merry Christmas. <laughs>